encountered on on last Sunday made what marked me let me just say it marked me for expectancy to, I said to Lisa after I said I, I don't know I have this expectation that God could just do whatever he wants and what however he wants to do it and we have to be postured like this in this moment right now because really I will you know what I want to talk to you about is God giving we want to give God the whole entire room right we want to give him the room and guess what this is a room every person in here is a room where God must have his way or he will he can't get his fullness in what he wants to do and I can wow I can sense the Lord already in in what I'm saying the bo the body and what God wants to do in his church he wants to do corporately and the corporate thing is super important this is why actually Hebrews says don't forsake the gathering together the assembling of together it's important and now you need to find your tribe don't get me wrong you need to find the right place you need to be with the right people and you need to ask the holy spirit what that looks like but that doesn't mean once you're bored you take a you take a jaunt all right and i'm not doing this to control people but we get really fickle about what what's good now and what when we're bored a little later then we go and we walk we take a walk because uh, obviously sometimes god can come and he wants to get at certain things and when that happens we go oh I'm not comfortable anymore. That's the usual thing. I'm not comfortable. Hmm. I'm not comfortable. I wasn't even going to go here tonight. But I'm not comfortable. And God wants you to be comfortable whether you're comfortable or not. He wants you to be ready to step in deeper in the fire of God so that he can, he can test and try you. And, some, and, 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 and believe me, I'm not, I'm not talking about running. And People have been courageous here. And people have stepped in and pushed in. And even when they can't come back in for a moment, they come back in later. I'm not talking about that. We have our moments. I'm talking about giving up and walking away. Because we can do that and be in the, in the, even in the body right now and check out. And the Lord is calling us, listen, there is such a glory that I sense is about to be released and it's not believe me it's not exclusive to here it's not exclusive to here but I will say this he's about to do something outrageous and if we can just get to to allow him to have this room he'll have the whole entire room and there has to be this because God wants to invade a house and, and as I'm, I'm thinking, God wants to completely and, and, and entirely fill this place. So that when people come to visit that don't even know Jesus, they get entirely enraptured in the presence of the Lord. And so many times I've had people just visit and say, wow. You know, and, and preachers come and they go, we love preaching there. Like these are guys that preach all over the place. I was with Charlie this week. He goes, bro, I love preaching at that place. And he'll be back with us April. He, he, he was just in, in excited and encouraged Alex. Said, oh, bro, you're going to have a blast. It's so easy. And what I'm saying to you is we have something that God is doing here. This is what I, it's a little, little home talk tonight, but we're going to go into the glory because there's a greater thing that's coming. The Lord is coming in a deeper and a greater way, and it has everything to do with what I shared last, last week, which was about everything encompassing the throne. Like, we have to be in the center of that place where the throne of God is, where the Son of Man is. And listen, I am telling you, God is going to show up in the people of God. It is about, right, we have a space and we're going to have a, you know, whatever down the street. It's just a whatever. And I don't downplay it, but in the same way, we want to see the excellency of his presence come. Do you understand that all of heavens can't contain the Lord? But he wants to dwell in you. All of the heavens, the Bible says, cannot contain him. But he chooses to dwell in you. 
But can he have all of you? See, because if all the heavens can't contain him, I want to contain as much as I can of him. And in that place, the spirit of God has to come because my desire overtakes anything that's holding me back. Ah. Just go to Exodus 24. We'll start there. Exodus 24. Be kind of 24 to 25. And I'm just excited, and I have to just say, just in thinking about who we are and what we do, and this is not going to change, we have to be true to um, how we were even, the inception of the ministry even happened, or the, or the, the assignment that the Lord gave us to begin with as a, as a, not a local body. Can you get that out of your mind? Yeah. I don't, and, and we are a local body because we are in the location. But what the Lord wants to do is build something on that apostolic and prophetic foundation with Christ being the chief cornerstone, right? Ephesians chapter two, uh, 220, right? The Holy Spirit wants us to, to build a house that he can dwell in, that he's welcome to, that he's the very center of everything, that actually he's preeminent in all things. And no matter what, what it looks like in the physical, God wants to come to the place and dwell and live and have a footstool and be in that place where the humble and the contrite are that, that absolutely attract. Do you know that? It's the poor in spirit that attract the kingdom of God. It's those who, who are, are, are come to the end of themselves and say, God, I need you so bad that I can't, I can't live without you. I literally cannot survive without you. I can't be, I can't move in any other way other than having my heart completely spilled out before you so that you, you just absolutely, I'm transparent so that you can come in and take over this room. Because why? You are a dwelling place of God. So I just want to see God has a pattern and that's why I mentioned, like, up here, this is sacred space, right? We're going to have bigger sacred space soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're going to have a larger sacred space, right? And, and, and I just want people to have their sacred space up here. So whether they're, you know, if they're down and out, yeah. And then even when people are really engaged with the Lord, I, I have to, you have to ask for discernment on whether you're supposed to pray for a person. And I don't want to get weird, and I don't want to get legalistic, because it's not, it, I don't want to make anything a form, but we want to give people space. Because if, if the Holy One shows up and touches you, you don't need any hands laid on you. See, the whole idea of building a habitation for God is that God's in the house. And, and not that we don't use or, or use ministry gifts anymore. Absolutely, no. That What I'm saying is that when we're in a space with the Holy Spirit, I feel the Lord on this hard tonight. When we're in a space with the Holy Spirit, He comes and ministers and He can transform you in a moment. He can bring repentance in a second. What does that mean? All of a sudden, your mind changes and everything you do changes. But you got to give Him room. And you got to give Him time. And you got to give him space ah, so that he can come and invade that space. Amen? Exodus 24, and I just want to kind of give a, a, a run through on this. Skipping over to verse 9, and I'm not going to read all this, but he, we have this whole thing where Moses is going up the mountain. He has an encounter a, there's a corporate encounter that happens. He's with the 70 elders, and they saw the God of Israel, it says in verse 10, and, there was, and under his feet was the paved work, right? The, there was an open heaven. It was basically what we, we, we see. It's just seen in a different way, right? The blue, it's just revelatory, but I, I just look at it as, as, as the crystal sea, right? As, it's just like he, opened, he walks into an open heaven 
in an Old Testament In the Old Testament, there's nothing that blocks you from what God wants to do in this hour. We can't, when I look at some of the things that I read in the Old Testament, if you stop reading Ezekiel or Zechariah or any of these wild prophets that saw every, you know, all kinds of things, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, seraphim burning, burning dragons, <laughs> burning lizard like, come on flying through the room, and one of them comes and touches the, the, you know, brings the coal. And you think I'm weird. <laughs> I'm just saying that when we encounter the Lord, the Lord opens up things for us, and here's the deal. We see Moses, he comes to the mountain. What happens is he encounters the Lord, every, he sends everyone away. And he's calling the people up today, and, and, and I, we want all that 70 to go. <laughs> we want everyone to go. You know, Old Testament was, you know, the man of God, faith and power. That's Old Testament. I know we did it in the 40s and the 50s, and it kept going. But it still is Old Testament. I'm just saying. And the Holy Spirit, we see through Scripture, we see that Moses went into the mountain, the Bible says. Into. Not up. In two. Hmm. Just to think about that. And a cloud covered the mountain. And when I say this, the Bible describes this as a dark cloud. In, in other portions, it's a dark black cloud. It's the cloud of mystery where God begins to reveal things. And how many want to go to that place? Because this is what I had, had instantly happened to me when I went down into fetal position last week. I went into a like, I was about to be taken up. And when I say that, I don't say that to boast. I say that it brought me into complete humility and subjection to the power of Jesus Christ. And that's what it should do. Because the Holy One wants to come and invade you. And so he wants to give you a place where he can invade your life. But you have to be open to that. And so we need to ask the Lord, what does the pattern look like? What does it look like? Because he wants, he's about to build an ark. It's not Awakening Revival Center, A-R-C, it's A-R-K, and he's about, to, he's about to do that, but we'll take it, right? Because we want him to invade an ark. We want him to invade a place. And so it says the glory came down and rested on there for six days, and then he went into a 40-day, it says that he stayed on the mountain for 40 days. But then 25 says, speak to the children, chapter 25 and verse 2 says, speak to the children of Israel that they may bring an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall make, you shall take my offering. And so I, I'm, I'm going to challenge us tonight not to give in another offering. Don't get nervous. But to give ourselves as an offering unto the Lord wholeheartedly, unconditionally, willingly, without anything holding us back. Because these are the things that bind us up and keep us in bondage is that we don't give ourselves willingly. Are you hearing me? It says they started, you know, and he gives, starts giving a list of what they needed for the, for the house of God to be built up. And I just want you to see that you are ready as, as Paul continually shows us in Scripture and in others that you are a house and a habitation of God. And so there's all these things that could be symbolic, but I want you to, to, you to see verse 8 says, Let them, oh, excuse me, yeah, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the furnishings, just so you shall make it. And then the first thing he starts with, and, and they shall make me an ark, which we knew or we know is the ark of his presence. And so I'm saying these things because here, here's, here's what I feel like the Lord is speaking to us right now. 
I'm kind of rehearsing. We start rehearsing history because we're going on a move, right? So I begin to think. I think of all the awesome things that have happened here, all the great things, the events we've had over at someplace else. But now everything can be done in the home field. It'll be great because we'll have our own place, our own atmosphere. I don't have to go on anyone else's yuck to, to try and cultivate something else. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just sometimes you go into atmospheres that are not your atmosphere because we created and we carved out, right? So this place has been awesome, and it's so weird. I, feel, I see the glory in this place, like, sitting tonight. And, it, and I feel like it hasn't been like this since the first days when we first moved in here. Like, it's like I can just see it tangible over you all. So just receive tonight. And the Spirit of God wants you to receive something that's going to come supernaturally. And it may happen by someone laying hands on you, but it may not. I would just assume your faith, go up and grab it for yourself so that you just are annihilated and wrecked with Him. And I just see that the Lord is trying to give us this, this understanding that we are a space, we are a sacred space. Everyone in here is a sacred space for God to come and dwell in. Him being the center of everything in the throne. Remember all the 24 elders. Remember all these things because we have to stay in that place. I'll, go, I'll circle back to that in, 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 in days ahead because there has to be a focus on Christ being the preeminence. He is the one and the only. He's the only one that matters in the room. What he's doing is the only thing that matters in the room. Because we get used to, and I say this, again, I'll just say this, I'll reiterate this, because this place, you understand, I don't care what anyone says about New England, it's busted open, it's open. I live in an open heaven. We live in an open heaven in here. We do. I was just in, you know, Moravian Falls, man, talk about angels, but I still long to be here. I had a great time at Charlie's, it was awesome. But there's something that we're carrying here that, guys, we have it. It's unique to what our region is. It's unique to what America may need. It's unique to what New England needs. It's unique. We have a piece of the puzzle. And I'm just saying, let's just, let's just ask the Lord, what do I look like in the midst of all this? You look like a person worshiping the king with all of your heart. That's what you look like. And you give him full open access to the room of your heart so he can come in and invade and light you up. Because evangelism happens because you're lit up. It doesn't happen because we have a good program. It happens because we're burning for God. And everyone you go near begins, the fire of heaven begins to emanate through you because you've been in the middle, in the midst of the throne with Jesus, with the 24 elders declaring and releasing counsel over your life and the four living creatures and that voice that's within those four living creatures and that priesthood that's within the four living creatures and the, and, and the kingship and the government of God that's within all of the throne of God begins to land in a sanctuary called you. You are a sanctuary. Yes, we're going to fit up another sanctuary, but you are the sanctuary. And we have to be, those words are so powerful. Give it willingly. With his heart. You can't give it out of your soul. You have to give it from the heart. And there's things that the Lord is wanting to do in this hour that we just don't even understand. I'm telling you, when I went into something last week, I got pulled in deep and I just, I didn't even know what I wanted. I didn't even know where to go. I didn't even know where I was. But I could sense something break open. Literally, guys, friends, people of God, you must understand that what God is about to do, I'm raising your bar in your heart tonight, if it wasn't already, because some of you left here and went, wow, I don't know what happened last week. But I know I received something. And so I'm encouraging you that we don't just get up from that. And I don't want to get up from that. I don't want to leave that, to be honest. 
Because God wants to pull me into a deeper mystery with Him. Not so that I can give it to you necessarily, but that He can release things to me. You understand? And He wants to do the same for you. So just go with me to Isaiah 66. And we were on this. We were on the second part of this. Kind of ahead of it. Uh, a few weeks back when I was talking about travail and God is birthing travail and I believe even that last week again I went into this like travail I can feel it in the depths of my gut in my spirit man where he wants to just break out and burst forth like light and he wants to do it in you ah but the Lord is looking for us as a community to step into this place, to make a place ready for him. There has to be a, a, a an, you have to have your eyes fixed on this. Your eyes have to be fixed on this so that you know like what comes ahead and we're going into this and we have to prepare the way of the Lord. You're called as a generation Spirit of the John, John the Baptist, uh, the Spirit of Elijah on your life, same spirit, right? That's burning inside of you, proclaiming the kingdom of God, preparing for what Jesus is going to do in New England, preparing for what He's going to do in your family, preparing for what He's about to do in your life, that He's about to explode in a way that you never could have conceived of, but you can conceive it in the place of prayer. You can conceive it in the place of birthing. And this is what he wants to do. Verse 1, heaven is my throne. We talked about the throne last week. Everything must surround the throne. Everything must be in the midst of the throne. Excuse me. We have to be in the center of all that God is doing in the throne. And then it says the earth is my footstool. So it's a place where his feet rest. Meaning God wants to stand up on you. No, I'm, I'm, listen. You have the strength within you once you're filled with the presence of God that God can stand up on you. Mm. It doesn't come by any might or any power, but by the spirit of the Holy Ghost inside of you. But you got to get filled with all the fullness of God. This is what we're talking about. I'm talking about representing God. And what does that look like even for a community to represent the Lord? What does it look like for you as an individual to represent Jesus Christ in your home? Just start there. Let's be, let's be Jesus in our home. Let's be Jesus in our workplace. And, I, and we do yay and amen it. And I'm not, but I'm telling you, there are things that God is wanting to draw us in deeper and fuller into. It's the fullness of all of who he is, all of what Ephesians and Colossians talks about. I said this to you guys last week. We have to be in a place and a posture that those, those two books are like ingrained inside of you because the knowledge of God and the knowledge of his glory is coming to you as you press into him in a greater way. All of who God is, all of who he wants to be inside of you, comes from this place where the throne is. Comes from you being a place where you, he can rest. Is he at home? Is he at rest in you? Is he at rest in you? Are you at rest when he's inside of you? Or are you at rest just while he's inside of you and then you get rid of him when you leave the door? No, God's looking for a resting place, and that resting place is you and I, and it says, where is the house that you will build me? So again, Exodus, he gives this dynamic detail, literally detail, of how he wants to build the tabernacle of God. <laughs> and you are the tabernacle. You have an outer court. You have a holy place. You have a holy, holy place. And God wants to invade your life with that holy, holy place 
that it will emanate into every other part of your life. That it won't just be, a th you are a three-part being, right? Your body, your soul, your spirit. And the Lord is going to take care of those things as you continue to pursue him. But he is looking for this place to rest on us. And it says, where is, where is the place of my rest? So he's searching. Look. Look at me. He's searching the whole earth for place. Oh, he's looking. Can I land in Kingston? He's hovering. Can I land there and be at home there? Can he, be, can he land? Can, can you have your hand up like this guy right here and just say, I want, my, I want to be a resting place? No, really, because tonight God wants to rest someplace tonight, and he wants to rest in you permanently, not just when you're in here, not just as we come in and we get a good word and we, we take it and then we get messed up when we go out the door. There's no more. And here, here, hear me, hear me, hear me. In all these things, as God begins to take over this vessel, I'll talk about myself for now. As he comes, as he begins to take over me, we need this revelation because I'm, I'm dead. I'm so serious. I am so serious on this. That the power of God will come in such a way that, listen, if they did it, if I saw it in Exodus, I'm sorry. If I saw it in Exodus that there was no, that they left, that they, would, they, there was, they had all the wealth and there was none sick among them. That's an Old Testament context again. Now listen to me. <laughs> I'll say that a hundred more times tonight. Listen to me. The Lord is wanting to invade a people. It's a body of people. It's a corporate body. It's his corporate bride that he's looking to invade. And you're like, I know people are thinking right now, well, he doesn't heal every single thing. No, I, he will. And stop thinking that way that he can't or won't. Because he wants to and does. That way, when someone with addiction comes in here, it busts off of them. Breaks. Someone that comes in here with chronic cancer, whatever, it's broken. Because of the glory that abides in a people. You say, well, some man of God has to lay hands on him. No. No. <laughs> oh, I know. I know the Bible says, the, yeah, let the elders gather them and lay hands on the sick. That's okay. I believe that what's coming in the days ahead is a place where God's glory abides so much and in such a place that the people of God are walking in such victory. That's where I should get a huge, yeah. When the people of God are watch, walking in such victory and understanding of what God's doing in this hour, that the presence is so thick. And I can't just read books about the gold, uh, what were the, the golden ladies there? <laughs> the lampstands, golden lampstands. I can't, I, I'm telling you, I can't just read a book about them kids playing in the glory. Come on. That they'd play hide and seek because it was so thick down low. And that the, those priests and kings, I'll call them intercessors, were singing and praising and worshiping. And they were two inches above the ground. And you say, wow, that's pretty extravagant. It is. But there's a place where even doors were opened up that they could go up into heavenly places. And they walked literally through a door. And brother James Maloney thought, he said, I always thought there was a door there. But then years later, when I went back, there was no door. It was a door. And they would come back with, like, clothing that was weaved in gold and heavenly clothing. And I'm saying, wow. You may say the same thing. That's extravagant. Well, God, that's just the beginning of God. That was in the midst of a Jesus, the Jesus movement. And so I believe, I truly believe this. Call me whatever you want. I believe that the Lord wants to show up in a place in the same way, if not greater, 
Because I believe that everything we've seen in all the, all the revivals you've seen, and, and New England will have a, a particular flair or, or something, some type of genetic DNA that God wants to give to New England, and that's fine, but it's going to look greater than the first or second great awakening. And honestly, I saw something by the Spirit this week that the Lord, there was an outpouring that was happening. It was all up and it was Maine to, it was Maine to Florida. It was like a shield of water that was pouring down. And the Lord himself stepped through it and began to blaze with all of his glory and all of his might. Just began to emanate. And what is that telling me? I believe that the anointing, we are, we're sitting in the cusp of, of the outpouring. The outpouring's already, listen to me, it's already happening now. It's already happening now. People would visit here and say, wow, I didn't experience anything like that unless I was in Toronto. I'm like, I didn't even, you know, and we, listen, I say this because we take it for granted. We do. In this little place, we do. We see, and it's not all the time, and it's not a constant, but it does happen, and we get glimpses of God's glory and presence coming in spectacular ways. And it has to result with signs and wonders and miracles. And so we, we touch it. We see healing here. We see something a little here. We see some bone, you know, some stuff happening. And I'm thankful. Ready? Everyone say thank you. We thank God for the little. But I'm telling you that God wants to bust stuff off of people and away in a way that we haven't experienced before and I'm not thinking in this realm of oh no it's the glory it's good it's the glory of God that's coming and it's the Lord himself walking through the wall of outpouring because the outpouring is just coming from heaven it's an outpouring that comes and flows from heavenly places but when the Lord of glory I, it was like the Lord of glory stepped in and everything behind it I couldn't see the rain anymore all I could see was the glory of God And honestly, I say this not to say, wow, you guys say, wow, it's good. I want you to see that as a goal. This is a goal. This is like God shows it to, uh, through prophetic uh, insight so that we can pray and see it come to manifestation. Because if I saw it in heaven, I'm bringing it forth into the earth. Verse 2. For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist. Ready? Wow. It's God again right there. Just stop there because we fly through this because we want to get to the next, and I do. But he, he says, for all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist in Christ in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the one that stepped out and stepped in, and all the glory was on us, all emanating from him, in all things, everything exists. It's in him, preeminence. It's in him, the fire of heaven will come. It's in him that all deliverance in this room will come to every person. It's in this room that every mindset will be snapped that keeps us blocked from the power of God. It's in this place. And God has said, you and this crazy group are going to cultivate this and you'll see it come to fruition. You'll see it come to pass. It must come to pass because this is, the, this is the, not only the Joel's last day outpouring, it's the glory of the latter house. And then he says, but on this one I'll look. Here we go again. On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Can I say this? That, a, that humility that, that we need in this hour, just giving ourselves wholly to the Lord. Ready? Going back to that, willingly I go. Willingly I give all of who I am. Willingly. I give up everything that I think is mine. No, no, I have, a, I have an understanding. I think the gifts are mine. I think that this is mine. I think that we, you know, and we take ownership of stuff that's not even ours. Oh, it's my sickness. 
It's my addiction. It's my God's going to break everything and put it under subjection to the one. Everything. Preeminent understanding that he is preeminent. He prevails over every single thing. He's the one that, he's got the breaker anointing. He's the one that's releasing freedom to every area where we're captive. And nothing, 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 nothing. subject to those things. Just go to Ephesians. Ah, uh, no. We're going we're gonna to skip it. Just going to skip it. Because there's something that the Lord wants to release. The awakening, the sound of awakening that God's bringing into the earth. The awakening that he's, he's doing inside of you. The place where he wants to visit. It's going to be subject to this thing right here that I'm about to share. And I woke up at three in the morning. This was weeks ago. Couldn't go to sleep. And then he gives me this scripture. I am covering what I said I would cover last week. Only because it fit in. But Matthew chapter 3, I want you to just go there and, and I will land this. It'll take me a minute. You're not in a hurry. It's a rainy night. You don't need to go anywhere. It's really raining. But we see John the Baptist come on the scene. Declaring a message, repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. You see, he's, you know, he's looking just like Elijah. Got the same garb on. Camel's coat. Weird mantle, eating locusts and honey. Is it the spirit of Elijah on him? And then we see him. He shows up and he's baptizing people. Verse 7 says, when he saw, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism. Ready? John the Baptist, one who jumped when Jesus came near in the womb. He said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. <laughs> Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Why am I talking about this? Because God wants to do something I don't think I feel like the Lord spoke to me. He said, there has, you have yet to experience the full baptism of fire until you really are baptized in true repentance. And that word repentance is super important because it's metanoia. It's a Greek word, and it's not what we think. Well, actually, it's all about what we think. But it's speaking about the change of a mind it, first, it's, it's a mind change, which results in the change of, of your life. So we're used to an altar call that says, come. And not everyone, but I'm just going to say this. Come try Jesus. Make a decision for Jesus. Salvation, let me just say this, and I said this last week, is just the beginning. It doesn't give you the, it gives you the get out of jail free card, basically. Right? You're saved. <laughs> I'm going to say this and I'll get in trouble. But you're not worth about much more. 
I don't mean that. All right? I'm just, I do mean that. I wouldn't have said it. I mean to say that it's just getting you through the door. And it's not making you suitable for the master's use. And so the Holy Spirit is just really on me about this right now. And it's not about, and if it offends you, I don't apologize. But here we, we got to understand the context. Ready? John the Baptist is telling all the religious teachers and the lawyers, the educated ones, the ones that know all about church, And he says to them, listen, if you're not bearing this fruit, you're in trouble. He says, we, he said, do not think, you say to yourselves, ready? John the Baptist was hearing their thoughts. <laughs> we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. Like God can do whatever he wants right now and don't think you have a corner on the market on what it all looks like. This is the John the Baptist message of the hour. That God is coming as a wrecking ball. Never mind Donald Trump. God is coming like a wrecking ball. To the American church... And Jesus himself is going to set everything in place in order. But there's going to be a baptism, and it's going to be a pure repentance. And it really, it's not about crying and weeping at the altar. It's about getting hit and smacked by the presence of God. That it changes you, it shifts your mindset, and you don't think that way anymore. I'm telling you, and this is, this is, this is so, and what I realized is, Two people gave me a word, Joe's gave me a word, and then another man gave me the word within a week about being an axe. Who wants the, who wants the calling of an axe? Come on, axe to the root of the problem. Here we go. I'm just going to say some things, and really, I, I realized something that I, I, as I was testifying to someone about an encounter I had a long time ago, long time ago, like one of the major encounters that I had over, in my entire life, and God showed me the Lord himself taking the axe to the root. I saw it by the Spirit. I saw it in an encounter, and it wasn't just a vision. Listen, this thing was full-blown, open wide, wrecked me, showed me the book of Ephesians and Colossians because it's all in there, this thing that we're about to talk about right here, laying an axe to the root. God wants to lay an axe to the root. This is everything we find sacred that we keep in. And it's, it's back to the, to the threshold line, and you all crossed it. So we're good by faith. But I'm just gonna, you're just going to listen to me preach for a minute because you're already walking in it. All right? The Holy Spirit is going to, I'm just going to say some things because the Bible sh shows us clearly that when John the Baptist came, he came to lay the axe to the root. That's sin. That's repentance. That's sin. And I don't, want to, I don't want us to be sin conscious. I want us to be completely God conscious. But there are roots inside of our religious mindsets that need to be lacerated and cut out because there's a root that keeps us from getting to the place where God wants us. I'm telling you, there's stuff inside deep that has been hidden and it's been taught to us wrong or we have this preconceived idea about what God looks like or what demons look like. And listen to me. When God comes to you, you have authority over every stinking demon that comes near you. The only reason you get possessed by something is because you opened the door and you walked away from Jesus. I'm telling you, there can be an oppression, but you have authority over it. And God wants to break. My ears are burning. I, I'm telling you, God wants to break the power of sin over your life. Sin consciousness and thinking that I I'm, I'm compelled to do these things. I'm compelled to think this way. And God's going to break it and remove it in a moment if you just come to him. If you just come to him. Now, there's no one in here that I see, that I know, that needs Jesus as Savior tonight. But there may be someone in the room that needs to get, lay an axe to the root of the religious problem that they have in their lives. And I'm, listen, we can be anti-religious and still be religious. Oh, yes, y'all missed that. 
Some of us can have ways we think, no, that's not God. No, anytime we hear about things about the law and the prophets, we think that doesn't apply to us. No, it applies to us because it's the whole counsel of God. All right? The Holy Spirit wants us to step into this other realm. <laughs> it's a better realm. It's a supernatural realm where he cuts out and he removes every stinking thing that doesn't look like him. Everything. Everything. And watch. What happens after is he baptizes Jesus and then baptize, the fire of the Holy Spirit comes through the next baptism that comes through Christ as we fully embrace who God is. Because all the other stuff's been removed. <sighs> Repentance. Lord Jesus, let the tears get ripped out of my life. That's the prayer that the church needs to pray. We want wheat. We want harvest. I want a hundredfold. But God, take the tears. Take everything that causes me. And listen to me. Listen to me. This is, I'm telling you, people can find ways to justify and to make excuse for not walking in fullness. I'm not even going to talk about sin because it doesn't matter about sin. It's, it's actually unbelief that keeps you in bondage. It's the place where you don't believe God that keeps you stuck because you believe God thinks differently about you. You believe God thinks something differently about you. And cycles are never broken in our mindset because we're not stepping in to the place of surrender. It says, even now, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Even now. What was John the Baptist saying? Before time, because this is how I saw it. I didn't get it by reading it in my Bible. Weird thing. But the Bible revealed it to me as I read and studied and looked for it. I saw from the beginning of time, I saw from Adam. And I saw the timeline. And it ran. It was a line of sin. It was. It was, it was the depravity of man. And it got cut in Christ. Before the foundations of the earth. It got cut and broken. That means if you're in Christ, if this whole church, <laughs> this whole fellowship is in Christ, we're the new creation fellowship. No, 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 no. You're not hearing me. If this whole entire body begins to understand and not only understand, begin to step in. Because we got old mindsets. We got old ways we think that God delivers people. We got old mindsets on people, how, how God heals people. We got old, we were taught by Kenneth Hagin. We were taught by the best of the best. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, God's about to rock all that stuff out. And he's about to bring a, a, a fluid and a flow of God's power that unmasks all the religious spirits. I'm telling you, I'm here to piss off, excuse me, religious spirits. I'm here for that job. I am. And the Holy Spirit wants to break mindsets that keep us in bondage. I said that, yeah. Agitate. I could have used agitate. I could have used agitate. It's too late. It's out in the airways. Even now, even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Trees, trees, trees. Let's just stop at trees for a second. And I had an object lesson. What? Oh. <laughs> I thought she had something to say. We need to get her a microphone so she's always got it. We'll get you your own microphone. The Holy Spirit was beginning to speak to me about trees, right? I'm up on Prayer Mountain in Moravian Falls. Beautiful, right? Colder there than it was here. 
help me, mercy, right? 28 at night. I'm like, no coat, forget my coat, bought a coat. I had to. Anyway, I'm going hiking. Believe me, it's not a big, it's not a big mountain. No, it's at like 8 in the morning. I start full gear, and I go down into this valley because I can hear water. And it gets rough, and it gets really thick. Are you going to... What happens was everything's marked. You know, the path's marked. You're not going to get lost. It's a straight line. You're not going to get lost. Just keep going. Then I see, like, mountain laurel. Anyone know what mountain laurel looks like? I see it's, like, split. So I can get through, but it's tight. And I'm like, man, is this from deer? Like, what is this? Is it a deer run? I could have ended up, like, running into something. It's fairly early in the morning, and it's cold, and the, 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 the mountains have all this mist. Like, it's, I have a beautiful picture. It's like the clouds hanging over the mountains, like, in the valley. Anyway, so I'm, I'm walking, and it's cold. That started cold. And as I'm going down, I get to this spot, and I keep going, going, going through. But as I'm going through the path, I'm realizing, man, there's trees falling everywhere, everywhere. I'm just noticing it on the way down. And then I get to the bottom, and I find this stream, beautiful stream, just by itself, quiet, led me to the stream. And the Lord says, see, I lead you by streams of living water. I just lead you to the, to the right place. And so the, the, the water was great. It was nice, cool down there. And I'm like, okay, I know they're serving breakfast. I better get a tie tail back up. So I turn back around. But as I'm going back up, I see all these trees again. Over. And what I notice about the trees is that as they fell, they were on their way down. It was on the way down to the valley. Or maybe you're on your way up to the mountain. I felt like the Lord began to speak to me about trees. And everyone in here, you're 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 an oak of righteousness therefore depicted as a tree. And what happens as we fall, oh, the bigger the trees are, the harder they fall, and the more other trees they take down with them. Because I could see these trees that were bent down and stuck underneath the other trees. And, I, and I'm realizing the Lord is just speaking through all this as I'm getting closer to the top, and I, I, there's this one last tree, and it's still, I'm still on elevation going up. But it, it's, it's laid down, and there's like seven or eight other trees that are forming outside of it. It, it fell like this. I have a picture of it. But they're now, the branches are now trees coming up. And I'm like, holy ghost. Sometimes, sometimes we fall and there's lots of casualties. Sometimes... But sometimes we fall, and God uses the places where we've fallen to absolutely multiply, strengthen our lives. Because now we're not going to fall anymore. We're going up five, six, seven times more strong. A righteous man falls what? How many times? Yeah. But he keeps getting up. Come on. A righteous man. And I just want you to say... All these things I'm saying, if you're taking condemnation in your mind in any way, shape, or form, break it now. I break it now by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because God, we've, we've called, all of a sudden, conviction is dirty. It's the law. So we don't respond to it. Yeah? Come on. All of a sudden, when we, we, can, we can't tell what conviction or, 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 or condemnation is. So it depends on the filters we're hearing with. Amen? Depends on what the filter is in your ear. And so the Holy Spirit wants us, really, through this, I'm saying, through the trees. God wants you to have life, even if you trip and fall. Are you understanding me? He wants, all, he wants there to be more life. If you've, if we've, every time we, we come short or fall short of the glory of God, because the Bible says everyone has fallen short of the glory. Everyone. Come on, you're going to get free at the end of all this. The Holy Spirit is releasing a, a wind. Come on, it's going to push people around. But the best place to be is on the mountaintop or at the bottom. Oh, we don't like it. I don't like transition. But God, listen, I'm telling you, there was a lot more 
fallen trees on the side of the mountain than there was at the bottom or at the top. So we despise the place of low when we need to, and you need to understand that the endurance to get up, I'm telling you, God wants to put endurance in the church tonight. And he wants to release this, this favor on your life that you begin to step and the wind. When I say favor, it's favor. It, it lays on you so you can push through. So there's a grace on your life. So you just begin to run and you don't become weary. You walk and you don't faint. And you come up to a higher level because God's wanting all of us to come up to this higher level. And it says, in, it says this, therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. Right? So everything that's dead works, everything that we don't need, all these things are getting burned up, and God wants to burn them up. And here's the thing about the fear of the Lord. You follow after the Lord, he's going to take care of the pruning. Oh, I was just saying it this morning. God, bring the pruning shears again. Can I tell you, once you cut something way down, all of a sudden it's going to burst forth in fruit. And so we don't like that message because we become lazy in the church. No, listen, listen, listen to me. We become lazy, and I'm not talking about striving any 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 shape. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit coming, and and calling us into accountability with Him and allowing Him. And I say, go ahead. You watch Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Groot's arm gets ripped off. He grows back another one. He grows bigger. Come on. I'm telling you, there's something about the Lord coming in and pruning and allowing him. Ready? It goes back to God, I'm willing, and my heart is fully in it. So you can give me the pattern for what you want to do in my life right now. Right? And it says this, that they're thrown into the fire. Indeed. Ready? John the Baptist is announcing. Here's the revival. The revival is in the water right now. The revival is in the, in the baptism, in the water, and going into the cloud of, of repentance so that I can bring and release the fullness because he wants to bring all knowledge, all understanding of what he's called you to in this hour by that. When I give him everything holy and fully, he begins to push me into a new place and a new realm, right? So indeed, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming is greater, greater and mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to, to carry. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire, and his winnowing fan is in his hands, and he will. Everyone say, he will. He will. <laughs> Thoroughly. Clean out his threshing floor. Oh. He, and gather his wheat into the barn. And he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Remember last week how I talked about the unapproachable God. He lives from that place of unquenchable fire. When Jesus looks at you, when you gaze at the Lord, come on, every day, every day, as you're gazing at the Lord, as you're gazing into his eyes, what does he look like to you? Because he is the man of fire that's coming to release fire on the church so that we're purified and we're ready to be a habitation for his coming. Listen, I know we think it's just we glide into the glory, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you from my own experience, I'm experiencing the increase of his kingdom, I'm experiencing the goodness of his calling, I'm experiencing the greatness of all of who he is, but it's coming through a little pressure, a little pruning, a little, come on, fire hitting my life so that when the fire of God hits me, I'm transformed. I'm transfigured by the eyes of the one who's desperately seeking that I change. That I become so much like him. Listen, he's looking, when I say this, he's looking for the room. He wants to occupy the room of your heart. And he wants to occupy the whole room of this place. And I'm telling you, there's a habitation that is coming to this room. And some of you will be like, I'm not coming back. Some of you won't turn me on online again. 
I'm only kidding. There has to be a desire to step into it. And it's okay because the more I'm willing, listen, the, it's the joy of his, of, and it's the joy of suffering. <laughs> we don't like that. But it's the joy of stepping into all that the Lord has. And listen, the suffering's nothing because the glory is so incredible. The power of God that's coming and is already at hand is so amazing. You just have to step into it and give into it. <sighs> All right. I'll go back to the one that I was going to end with. Or go to Ephesians and I will stop, I promise. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. Two twenty. If I can tell you how many times two twenties come into my face over the last two, three, four weeks, but we'll start in nineteen, and it's a familiar passage. Listen, this is what unlocks the body. This is what unlocks the body, and the tumbler begins to move into the right position, and the key will unlock everything in Christ. Ready? Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers. <laughs> And foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of God's household. Let me stop there for a minute. When we say members, it means relatives. It literally means relatives of God's household. Listen to me. You are born of God. If you are born again in this room, you are born of God. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, just say more. I want more. more. Yeah, you want more because God's going to give more. It says fellow members of the household of God having been built, meaning the foundations. Literally the word means foundations on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So it's not built on pastors and churches. <laughs> It's built on apostle, the apostolic uh, anointing and the prophetic anointing on a body of believers. It really is. And so we have to embrace that so that the Lord can release all the fullness and we become such a habitation that God shows up and blazes in our, in our midst. And so Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy, grows, grows, grows. How does something grow unless it's pruned? How does something grow unless the, 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 we're purified, right? Into a holy temple of the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants us to, to be defined. Can I say that? He wants the church of his bride to be defined by this. How many know the apostles? Anyone who's flowing in an apostolic or prophetic anointing is going to be persecuted. But we think, of, if I just think of the birthing of the church, that whole, every one of them, died were martyrs every one of them and God is not calling us to die physically are you with me God is not calling you to die physically but he's calling you to die to all the things that keep you back from all the potential that's in you it's got to be released Everyone in the room, everyone in the room stand because it's going to be released. Listen, God does not want you to be stuck. He does not want you to be stuck. And he's calling this entire body to be a place where God comes and dwells. habitation it's a dwelling place there's a pattern and a design that God has for us in this place 
God is setting things, even now, even now, in your heart. But you can't do it without Him. And God wants to define who He is in your life because you, you live, ready, by Galatians 2.20. I no longer live. I don't live anymore. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God. It's actually the faith of the Son of God. It's actually believing that God, when He releases Himself, all of who He is, that we walk in this faith that you can't even muster up. There's no, there's nothing. There's nothing that holds us back. So, Lord, we thank you, Father, for everything that you did last week. Lord, we don't take it lightly. Lord, we know, we know you want to pull us into something that we have no grid for. So, Lord, we're asking for every religious thing. I'm asking right now. Every religious excuse for not coming into a deeper relationship and a deeper fullness with you. Lord, it gets set by the wayside right now. And I'm calling forth the potential of God inside of you. That's what I'm calling for tonight. There is a potential. There is a seed of God inside of you that God is, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's going to hit it with fire tonight. And, and anything that needs to be cut off and broken off, you just give it to him right now. You just release it to him right now. And he'll, I'm telling you, if it's willing and the heart, and I curse every mindset that keeps us stuck. The whole purpose of the threshold last week was to pass over and to move into something brand new. And I believe that corporately we did it. But we're going to leave behind, ready? Every mindset, every religious thing that gets in the way. Because what's coming and even what's going to be released probably from, from my mouth and others around me, it's going to be things that will, will challenge you, will challenge your heart, will actually want to bring you up into a higher place. But I know that the Lord's about to open up the heavens in, in profound ways in the days ahead. Because I'm already sensing it. I'm already seeing it. Even in one week, the fruit of what I watched the Lord do in me internally is incredible and it's for you. It's not just for me.